Welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. This podcast is sponsored by WellBaby. WellBaby, from the makers of Pregnacare, provides careful nutritional support for babies and young children from birth to four years. WellBaby is a comprehensive vitamin and mineral range, which includes the exact levels of vitamin A, C and D, as recommended by the UK Department of Health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strong Like Mum podcast. And this week I am joined by Claire Bourne, women's health physio and mum of two. Today we're going to talk about postnatal recovery and more specifically pelvic health, caesarean sections and scar tissue massage. Hello Claire. Hello. So Claire, we have tried to record this episode (laughs) so many times and now it has resulted in complete chaos for my family at least and and it's me pretty mad everywhere <laughs> yeah me hopefully recording this episode without a screaming child bursting in but who knows at this rate what is going to happen we're going to give it our best shot best shot so okay let's get right into it um i get asked this a lot actually and i'm absolutely no no expert on this um how long does it take to recover from a cesarean you hear all the time your six to eight week check your six to eight week check but from yeah. your expert advice how long does it take to recover after a cesarean Absolutely. Yeah. So that six week kind of window is given for soft tissue healing. So, you know, skin and connective tissue and stuff like that. Um, However, we feel and understand from kind of research that that recovery does continue for a little bit longer, especially kind of like the uterine scar and stuff like that. So even though, yes, you've done so much of your healing six to eight weeks, I think it's being aware that for the weeks and months following, there is still recovery going on. You're not going to feel like that immediate bit, but there's still kind of healing and stuff going on. And as we know, it's not just about the scars, it's about your whole postnatal body and recovery. So I always say to women, you know, it, think about it as months from like the whole holistic view of your whole body and your mind and everything, not just six weeks. So is it true that I was talking, you heal from the outside in, so that skin layer is going to heal long before that deeper tissue? On sure. The I mean, yeah. So, so, I mean, I think there are different, there are definitely different your body does do things differently. Um, But I think sometimes it can just take your outside scar as a really nice level of how your body is generally doing. So, you know, I think use that as a, because it's the only external view. And I think otherwise we get really scared of like, oh, am I still like a thing still? We know that the uterine scar heals really nicely within six weeks, but we just think from what we understand, there is still some ongoing healing. That doesn't mean that it's going to open. It just means that it's not fully done what it needs to do. And that's just why we, we kind of return to exercise and activity gradually and steadily just to give your body a bit of a chance. And um, I think for, you know, whether or not you've had a cesarean or, or any type of birth, um, that initial recovery phase, we're not just talking about physical recovery you know we also have that mental aspect and certainly um you know when I had the twins which was by cesarean I certainly had to have a period of time where I had to just work on reconnecting my mind to my body I felt this complete disconnect is that something that you've heard women talk about before absolutely absolutely and I think as cesarean sections they can come in so many kind of different experiences for women so for like yourself when you kind of knew that was going to happen but it's still getting your head around it to someone who thought they were going to have a home birth and maybe they end up with an emergency for someone who didn't feel empowered and it was quite traumatic so I do find that sometimes women just really find that kind of external scar quite hard to kind of 
look at touch and that sort of disconnect physically um but it's such a strange experience isn't it postnatal your whole body feels super super strange you kind of got used to pregnancy and then suddenly you're into this new phase and your body yeah. feels a bit like a rag doll and you're you, like even trying to sit up feels like effort and so yeah definitely but there's a huge there can be a huge disconnect for sure i was talking to my husband about this last night and i was saying um what was so strange about the cesarean i had but also my second delivery with my second son was really quick like he came uh, they they said to me oh you're in, okay we're now going to enter the pushing phase we're going to do some pushing and i was like oh okay we looked down she was like i'm just going to put my gloves on and we can get started and we looked down and he was out he just came out that quick transition from when you don't go through a long labor there can be this transition period needed to just acclimatize to you know, spent the last nine months being pregnant and suddenly to have to acclimatize to not being pregnant anymore yeah absolutely it can be a complete shock however you birth and i think that's a really lovely point because i think we label this like oh you've had a vaginal birth oh it was super quick oh you didn't have painkillers oh that must have been the wonderful and you just came out singing and it's like no <laughs> that can be as much of a traumatic experience as yep you know, something that we would label a traumatic experience. And I think it's so important that women recognise that just because you maybe on, on paper had a really good birth mm. doesn't mean that you can't have felt it was difficult or challenging. Yep. And so um, if we just go back to that physical recovery for a bit, what can you do in those early days to assist recovery? So um, for all births, yeah, but also touching on cesarean and, and assisted deliveries. Yeah. Yeah. So rest, <laughs> sleep as much, you know, nutrition, all those kind of really basic things that we have. Um, you know, pelvic floor exercises are wonderful for however you've delivered. Lovely breathing. So diaphragmatic breathing. It really helps just to relax you. But it's also really good for your pelvic health. Um, and well, I mean, breathing is good for all of us. And how would really? you do, how would you describe for someone who's listening who might not know yeah. what's diaphragmatic so, breathing? So that's basically where you breathe in the, to the bottom of your rib cage and also kind of let your belly relax as well. So lots of us actually kind of breathe into our upper chest, especially at the minute in stressful, stressful times. Mm -hmm. But if you pop your hands just on the base of your rib cage and try and as you breathe, like expand your rib cage into your hands. So you're not pushing out, you're just using your breath to do it. That's what we mean. So just lying down doing that. You can do some pelvic floor exercises while you're lying down. But, you know, look little bits of movement is good what i try and encourage women not to do is like do nothing for two weeks because you've been told you need to rest and then at two weeks you're like oh i feel loads better let's go out for half an hour and then you're like whoa that was too much i'm like yeah you know, it's better almost like go out for five minutes do a little round the block job come back you know maybe you know and build up and just see how your body responds because as where if you have a wound and most women first time mums will have some wound whether that's an abdominal wound a, a kind of vaginal or somewhere you're going to have a wound and and sometimes our wounds will communicate that we've just done too much by increasing swelling or they might then become a bit more painful so when we're sedentary generally you don't feel them so much and then as we become a bit more active so just just go steady and uh, listen to what your body's trying to tell you yeah absolutely um so how long you touched there on you know having a wound um if that does happen how long can women expect to feel tenderness in that mm. area and i know we're talking about a whole range of things now so there's going to be a sure it's going to be unique to everyone but in general i would say generally longer than we think so i think we often talk about the first 10 days as being quite like the acute pain and that's when you're probably told to take your painkillers and stuff like that but it can be surprising when you stop taking those painkillers you're like oh i'm actually still much more tender than i thought so there's no problem with continuing with painkillers for a little bit longer if you're quite tender generally i think by around a month a lot of women that i work with and i would say from my personal experience i was like oh i think like 
I now can sit down without thinking I've had a baby or, you know, someone can brush my tummy without me thinking, oh, please don't come near me, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but, you know, some women, as we say, will have tenderness for a lot longer. You know, sometimes cesarean scars can be tender for a lot longer. And um, what we're looking for is like tenderness, not pain. If things are really, really painful still. So what I mean by that is, you know, your painkillers are not touching them. Uh, you know, you're really still struggling to sit down or have trousers touching anything. That's something I'd want you to flag, um, especially in those really early days. I think it's easier to see of the cesarean scar and if there's any infection there because it's, it's a bit more visible. But sometimes with kind of vaginal wounds, you don't, or vulval wounds, you don't really know. If it's really, really, really painful and painkillers aren't touching it, flag it because it can be an sign of an infection. Again, it might not be, but just flag it. Um, I remember when I first got in touch with you, mm. I was asking you, and everyone was asking me, and I didn't have the answer, so I asked you. <laughs> I was like, I kept saying, got this pouch oh yes. this massive pouch what is that is it gonna go i don't know is this just the way it's gonna be now mm-hmm. and then every time i wore trousers it seemed to pop out and get worse and i, did, I didn't really understand what that was um yeah. can you give us any insight into that so it's a lot of like swelling and stuff that comes to the area so what our body does when we have any form of injury is it sends like loads of blood and body products to help the healing process now when it's very visible obviously on a cesarean scar because it's got the fine line and often you just get this like pocket of swelling above it um so it's, it's nothing to worry about but also obviously the shape of your tummy often accentuates it a bit as well when you're postnatal because it's all very round and then there's this kind of rigid line and then it all sort of just like pockets above it so it doesn't last forever for most people you know it does go and that's when we talked about you know when can we start massage and stuff just to try and help that but it's actually not a bad sign that your body is trying to heal itself basically um i don't know what's yours like at the minute like does it yeah no mine is much better now but it did take quite a long time i'm now coming up to six months wow um postnatal yeah and it really did take time yes Uh, but it got there you know and i think also for me the scar tissue it is tight you know so it's that fine line where the scar is does pull in so there is a very but it's so slight and it's so low down um you wouldn't necessarily notice unless you really were inspecting it but there is that tightness there Mm. again as you said everyone is individual let's touch on pelvic floor exercises let's try to make them sound fun because They're not really. Yes and no. I mean, they just sound boring, but they are so (laughs) important and they can be interesting. Um, I mean, I find it fascinating. Um, And if you really go into depth about how important the pelvic floor is, it really can be fascinating. Yes. But, you know, do you still need to do them after a cesarean? And just in general, how important are pelvic floor exercises in that immediate postnatal phase? Yeah. So yeah, they are a wonderful group of muscles and obviously we're a bit geeky around them, aren't we? We love them, but um, they're really important, yeah, for all mums. Um, so they have lots of jobs, uh, keeping us continent, um, you know, supporting pelvic organs, which we don't really necessarily think about. I think we just think about them stopping us weeing ourselves, but they have so many other roles. You know, they work with other muscles around the pelvis. Um, they allow us to have pleasure with sex as well, part of that whole process. So really, really important little muscles. They are still relevant for anyone who's had a cesarean. I completely guess it when women are like, but the baby didn't come through them. And yes, that's a huge, a huge bit of the picture. <laughs> However, um, pregnancy has a big impact on our pelvic floor as well. And so there's like natural lengthening. There's obviously a lot of weight of babies, especially if there's two or more on them. So whatever your delivery, I really recommend that you do think about pelvic floor exercises. And the best time postnatally is with feeding generally to just remember. And I think we often complicate them a lot. 
we think for a lot of women, a very good cue is just to think about holding wind, so squeezing just around the back passage and letting go. And I think when you start to realise that they're not that complicated, it makes it easier just to build them into your life and doing them with feeding. Um, but yeah, it's so important to get going on them. And it's, I think sometimes the motivation is very low because you're like, but I'm fine at the minute. But what you're investing in is that kind of long term picture of your life and not just like so I can run again in six months or I can, you know, have another pregnancy, even just like your menopausal self, because actually what we do postnatally, I really it really impacts the rest of our life. And I, I meet a lot of women who come to me in menopause. And when you track back their problems, it, it came to the postpartum period where no one really told them what to do or how to look after their pelvic health. And I just think if we can invest more in that now, we're looking after our future self. And I think my 60 year old self will probably thank me. That's <laughs> what I'm assuming. <laughs> I um I think my 60 year old self would actually care. Just turn it down a bit. A bit loud. <laughs> <laughs> um I yeah absolutely the pelvic floor is so important um but I'm doing a lot of research at the moment into you know how it's linked throughout the body you know and it's just it is absolutely fascinating and as you're saying you know if you don't rehabilitate that properly it can create back issues later it can create issues with your feet or your knees and it really just does run through the body so how you take care of that specific muscle group is just so important can't emphasize it enough and i guess you know without us spending the next three hours talking about that people just have to take our word for it but it is connected to your entire body um you know intrinsically so it's just absolutely crucial um okay so let's just um touch on diastasis recti recovery a little bit um which is the separation of the abdominals now your abdominal muscles separating a number one the actual abdominal muscles themselves are not being torn apart. They're separated via this thin piece of connective tissue in the middle called the linear alba, but also that it's a natural part of pregnancy. So in order for the bump to grow, that separation needs to take place for all women in pregnancy. However, diastasis recti refers to once the recovery process is taking place, whether or not those two halves come join back together or whether or not there continues to be a small gap between. And it's about the size of the gap, but not just the size of the gap. We're also talking about the integrity of all those muscles surrounding it that might be able to offer additional support. So let's talk about that. How um, can women rehabilitate that have diastasis recti? What sort of exercises should they be doing? And what can you look out for to know whether or not you have it? Absolutely. So it's an amazing uh, kind of whole era. And at the minute, it's a very exciting time because there's some wonderful people kind of doing a lot of questioning about kind of what we all used to say, which was like, you know, if you've got a gap, you shouldn't be doing any sit up moves or anything like that. And actually now, now when we look at the definition, it is that it is that kind of widening, but it's also just like the thinning and lengthening of the whole abdominal wall. So as you say there, it's about the whole picture. It's not about the width. It's about the depth of the connective tissue, how strong that is. So absolutely. So really what you can do is the sky's the limit in many ways because everyone's very very different uh, what we're generally looking for and again this is a whole thing that we're learning more and more about but the classic things that you'll see especially postnatally is either like a bulge down the middle so more like a toblerone shape but sometimes it drops in a bit more like a valley um again that doesn't mean that you can't do the things you love but what we, i would advise that you work with someone who's trained <laughs> to support you to work out what works for you because doming is something that we are kind of knowing more and more about it doesn't mean that just because we see doming it's an absolute no because we're looking at kind of whether it's soft or whether it's hard and 
I could go on for hours just about that one topic, but I think what I'd say is if you're seeing doming, get some professional advice about it. Um, you know, things like Pilates are a lovely place to start. You're working on your kind of deep abdominals, um, you know, working on your pelvic floor. All of that stuff is, is really effective. Um, but we are now encouraging women to do more and more where you do use the rectus, the six pack muscles to some extent, again, with visually looking for what else is going on, because what we're understanding is we're probably deconditioning women to some extent. We need that six pack muscle to be strong as well and it's often not postnatally because we don't exercise it during pregnancy so probably not a very clear answer because at the minute we're still learning lots and lots about it and it is a very individual process but i want the message to be and i know that you agree on this you know it's not something to fear it's just something that we do and we think around a third of women need some help postnatally that's what we kind of understand at the minute um and that's sort of professional help some ongoing help Thank you so much for that. I think um, for anyone listening that is, is a bit worried or feels, you know, still a bit confused, really important that you said there not to worry about it. It, it happens. It is common. Doesn't mean that it's normal and should stay, but it is very common. I've had diastasis recti since my first um, delivery. And often, actually, it can be women who are, when I've seen clients, at least through my experience, women who actually have a higher fitness level initially because they have that really strong bond and then when it uh, between their rectus abdominis muscles and when that separates it doesn't come back together exactly as it did before so i you know it, it does happen i've always had a gap that was up until the twins one centimeter and that you know i could manage that and you can have something called functional diastasis where you train the supporting muscles like um, the deep abdominals like you're saying the transverse abdominis and the pelvic floor muscles to help still support your core so that's fine since having the twins i'm now six months postnatal and i have got pretty much a two centimeter gap which is the very limit and i still do a lot of exercise i still go running i can still do a lot of work with that so Absolutely. it is important to as you said claire speak to someone who is trained but don't feel like this is now the end of your active life you That's can absolutely continue and there's some amazing people on social media who've got you know really significant diastasis maybe three or four fingers and they're able to do like pull-ups you know unassisted yeah. and the most amazing things and i think in the past would have been like oh no like that's that's so not that's too much and it's all about managing pressure in yeah. that tummy so how your kind of core unit as you've mentioned like manages pressure and there's so many strategies and and i think that's where we're moving you know it's the focus away from dysfunction as such yeah. and to kind of like function and yeah empowerment and that and it's a really exciting time i think to be in this sort of field because uh we're all learning and there's loads more research going into it we really don't actually have much research um into yeah. this stuff and there's more and more being done and i think you know in the next five to ten years we're going to know so much more so, so it's much really more. Exciting. absolutely and i think what's really great i mean both of us are mothers and we can draw on not just our expertise but also our personal experience and absolutely. certainly this latest delivery with the twins taught me so much oh my goodness yeah. i learned so much about how things can feel that i had not felt before and i just learned in a book um yeah, yeah. and it's great that the research is being done so do you recommend this is the next question do you recommend a belly band so for those who have diastasis or you know feel they need that extra support is that something you would recommend so not as a routine generally we just say you know if you um we might use them with some women who have, as I say, very significant diastasis and are feeling like they need some additional support, especially to kind of cope with motherhood. But I don't recommend that just every woman postnatal goes out and gets one. 
they're often sold as like trimming or they're going to bring your muscles back mm. together and an external support is not going to push everything back in. Sometimes they can almost create too much pressure inside and that can have a detrimental effect to your pelvic floor. So there's a lots of different things in the markets. So there are these ones that I know that you can like put a little cold pack in and you can pop that around your cesarean scar. And, you know, sometimes women find a little bit of a cool pack for five to 10 minutes on their scar. Very helpful. I don't believe you need to buy a band to do that. However, ultimately if it's for your comfort, then, you know, that's fine. But I, again, it's one of these things that before you go and buy lots of products, if you're concerned about something, just try and speak to a professional if you can. Um, we may then recommend, yes, that's the right thing for you. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. Okay. And so then to wrap up, we are coming towards the end of our 20 something minute. Can you just talk to us a little bit about prolapse and, um, you know, pelvic floor health um, for postnatal women in general yeah absolutely so i think i think prolapse isn't something that's really talked about that much and it's still hugely taboo i think in continents we've come on leaps and bounds at being like let's have the conversation let's not just laugh about it let's say that there is something that we can do about it prolapse i think is still very much labeled an old lady disease and it's sort of like you know oh you expect that in the menopause but we actually know that a lot of postnatal mums will have it even if they don't even have symptoms they may have an element of prolapse so prolapse being where one of your pelvic organs so bladder womb bowel small bowel urethra they drop basically um, generally into the vagina. And so you may feel like a heavy, a dragging, a bulging sensation, which some women are like, oh, that's what that is. I just didn't really know. And I think when you're postnatal and a baby's maybe you've had a vagina delivery, you don't know what is normal. You, what are you meant to feel? A baby's come out of there. Prob's going to feel a bit different. Don't really know. But if that's an ongoing feeling and um, some women will experience it just before their period, that is where pelvic floor exercise can be really effective. So we know from research they get about six months of pelvic floor training can really help prolapse symptoms um so again if you're feeling that and you don't know what that is or there's anything that just doesn't feel right you know you can speak to your gp and ask to find a pelvic health physio or you can find one yourself um the squeezy app directory is a great place if you're looking for someone um but yeah i think the message is is there is so much help and it just don't don't feel embarrassed to talk about it and don't feel ashamed because it's nothing you've done wrong you know there's so many stats but we think potentially about 50 percent of over 40 year olds may have an element of prolapse an element it's on a spectrum like all these things diastasis how big is it prolapse how much is it um you know incontinent how incontinent are you so we're all on a spectrum generally somewhere but the main message is is that all these things there is support and that's where it guided pelvic floor so i think that's the key message is that you might have done your pelvic floor to you feel you're blue in the face and things aren't getting better it's so much more, as you know, than just squeezing and letting go. And we know that sometimes scars influence it. We know breathing influences. We know if you're not doing it and standing enough, it influences it. So sometimes you just need that person like me to come along and say, right, let's give you an individualized program and get your pelvic floor working better. It's not just here's a leaflet and good luck. <laughs> so, yeah, well, absolutely. And I think so important as you said, to um, do, do your research into your condition, whether that is speaking to a medical professional um, or if you, know, if you have some experience yourself. But in particular with pelvic floor health, we've got issues like prolapse and then we have general, uh, uh, the wider pelvic floor dysfunction. Yes. And that's not always necessarily from a, a weak pelvic floor. It could be that you've got an overactive pelvic floor, which can have, uh, you know, can create, pain during urination or you know pain during sex for example yeah. um i had someone a while ago write to me on instagram and they were like i don't know what i'm doing wrong but i've bought this 
machine to help strengthen the pelvic floor. I can't remember what the equipment was, but it helped them to just tighten, 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 tighten. And I was like, "Mm, maybe you've actually overworked your pelvic floor. And what you actually, what you actually need to do is to take some deep breaths and work on relaxation of the pelvic floor. And that, you know, she got back in touch and was like, this is absolutely amazing. You've completely changed everything. Oh, and yeah, it, that, that message is not out there. The minute we right. still live in this like Kegel culture of like squeeze, 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 squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as you said, the message is to work on a, a whole range of exercises um right that's that's it we're in our 20 something minutes thank you so much we did it claire we did it we recorded it it let us record an episode now we just have to hope that it edits okay and that i can get it out there without something crashing Claire, thank you so much for your time. Well, Where for having me. find out more about you? Yeah, so social media is really great, as you've mentioned. Um, I also have a website, so it's just claire-born.com. I'm Claire without an I, just to confuse matters. Um, but yeah, if it's kind of, you've got a link on there if you want to know more about what I'm doing. I will be back in clinic at some point, but, you know, pandemics keep throwing curveballs. So, you know. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Claire, thank you so, so, so much for joining me. I really Thanks appreciate your time. Me. Lovely to chat. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Strong Like Mum podcast. And remember, Vitabiotics Well Baby, expert nutritional care for your little ones for the start of their journey. To find out more, visit www.wellbaby.com.